Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Bill Saubert, author of the new novel, The Girl with the Green Lipstick. Bill, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jeff. Thanks. It's a real pleasure to be here with you and your listeners. And uh, I look forward to our chat. Absolutely. Well, if someone listening hasn't yet heard about your new novel, The Girl with the Green Lipstick, how would you describe the novel? Well, I would say it's a cautionary tale, uh, and it's a a psychological thriller. Um, I don't know, you know, in my experience, when I tell people about what happened to me, um, I can't tell you how many people say, oh, my God, I met a narcissist, or I was involved with a psychopath, or uh, it's remarkable. And so what we don't realize is these people who are very evil live in our society. They look like us. They talk like us. They're uh, charming. They're sexy. uh, They're fun. By the way, did I mention sexy? Uh, And so uh, what I would say about the book is I try to describe what it's like getting drawn into a relationship like this, and then, uh, in my case, how a successful exit worked. And then there were other things around my story that that I didn't know at the time. As an example, the woman I married who in this book, and in reality, is a repeat offender felon. And she committed crimes against me as well. And uh, so... It, uh, it went from being just an emotional tale to a real thriller in terms of who this person is and how they behave. Well, well you mentioned that the, the novel is based on your own experience. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what did happen to you? Sure. Be happy to. So for 17 years, I was married to the love of my life. Um, and uh, she, she's the Tracy character in the book. Um, and that woman got ovarian cancer and fought it valiantly and then died uh, in 2014 uh, of ovarian cancer in my arms in our bed at home. And uh, I was really distraught. And for about 16 months afterwards, I wore my wedding band because I still felt like I was married. Um And so finally, a neighbor's wife said to me, you know what, you need to go online. You're a young, healthy man. Um, You're active. You're fit. Um, I know your wife would have wanted you to have uh, another life. And uh, so you should find somebody. So I went online, and the first person that I uh, saw online I encountered online, who I thought I'd want to get to know, meet, turned out to be, in the end, the girl with the green lipstick. And uh, she played kind of hard to get, and then we finally got together. And then she played hard to get some more. And uh, finally, I said, look, I think the reason you're being so coy about all this is that you don't think I'm serious about wanting to... to marry you, and I do. And so we got married. And uh, within, and she lived in Albuquerque, which is about 50 miles south of Santa Fe, where I live. 
And she said, well, I'm, I'm not living up there. My son is down here. And she worked for me. I'd hired her as my general manager of a five-store retail operation. And um, so at any rate, um, I said, okay, well, then I'll buy a house in Albuquerque and we'll split our time. We'll spend a couple of nights a week down there, a couple of nights a week in Santa Fe, and a couple of nights a week doing our own thing. I play tennis in the evening one or two nights a week. And so I said, look, you've got stuff you're involved with, so I think that'll work out. And she was agreeable to that. So we got married. I bought this house. And within a month, she moved her lover into the house. So I thought, hmm, that's problematic. And then uh, she sued me for sexual harassment. And uh, I went to my attorney, and she said, well... There's absolutely no legal basis for a spouse suing their other spouse uh, that they work for for sexual harassment. But, you know, let's we have to address it. Let's get this thing taken care of. She said, but by the way, this things here don't seem to add up. Do you mind if I do a background check on this woman? I said, no, that's fine. I, I never felt the need to, but, um, you know, go ahead. She called me a few days later, my attorney, and she said, uh, I think you ought to come to her office. There's something I think you need to see. And when I showed up in your conference room, there were on the conference room table about 300 pages of this woman that I'd married, uh, her uh, criminal record. I mean, everything from speeding tickets to three felony convictions for embezzlement. Uh, sorry, one federal conviction for mail fraud uh, and the fact that she'd spent um, about, well, she'd spent a year and a half in New Mexico in, in uh, prison out of a 10-year sentence. She'd been on parole. She'd committed crimes against me while she was on parole. This was all a bit of an eye-opener for me. By now, I had gone to a counselor, and after our first session, the counselor said to me, she held up her hand and she said, Bill, you need to get rid of this woman. She's horrible. She's going to destroy you in every way she can. Call your attorney today. And I that I mean, it was just a, a bucket of cold water poured over my head. And um, so at any rate, uh, the rest of the book describes some other things that occurred. Uh, but at any rate, uh, that is uh, so about... 60% of the book is true, about 40% I just had to invent. Wow. <laughs> uh, I, I'm wondering, how did you decide to turn this into a novel as opposed to kind of a memoir or nonfiction book? Well, the problem is a lot of the early childhood things that occurred with uh, this woman I married I, I don't know for sure what the facts are. She had alluded to some things, and um, so I did research on the behaviors of narcissists. I did research on the behaviors of sociopaths and psychopaths, and I just embroidered some things. So because I couldn't say factually things about her time in prison, her younger years, I know for sure she was adopted that she did tell me and I confirmed that. Um, so there were some things that, that are that I knew from her early life. 
she told me at one point that the father of her first serious boyfriend, by whom I took her to mean the first boy she had sex with, um, she said his father propositioned her when she was in high school. And so I just took that and ran with it. And uh, so I had some little snippets of facts or things that she had told me, but I felt because I couldn't really um, work with all facts uh, that I should fictionalize it, which I did. Sure. And I'm curious, had you always wanted to write a novel before this experience happened to you and you decided to write The Girl with the Green Lipstick? No, I, I have to say, I, I thought short fiction was going to be where I uh, would spend my productive writing time. I was a businessman, and I've written about a dozen articles for trade publications uh, around things as esoteric as financial risk management. Uh, <laughs> and so I, uh, you know, I uh, started telling, you know, people would say, when are we going to meet your wife? And I'd say, well, I'm, I'm married, but I don't really have a wife. She lives in Albuquerque in a house I bought with her lover. And they'd go, oh, my God. And so, you know, the more you tell people about what's going on, the more they kind of say, boy, you should write this down. So one night I was at dinner and bumped into a, a husband and wife couple who are friends. And uh, she is a published author. And uh, I started telling him about what had been going on in my life. And she said, oh, my God, Bill, you have a book. You need to you need to send me an outline. And so I did about a 20-page outline and sent it to her. And she said, oh, flesh this out. This is a book. So, uh, and she, by the way, her first novel sold over half a million copies. So she wow. knows what she's talking about. She had self-published it, and then it got purchased by Hachette Fulpachi, and they uh, made it a trade pub. And uh, so, and promoted it, and it ended up selling a whole lot of copies. But uh, my book is still self-published. It's available on the Amazon Kindle platform, both in hard copy and ebook form. And uh, so, uh, but you know, the more I, and it was fun. It was it was also therapeutic. I have to say, I was working with a counselor just trying to work through all the anxiety I had about what was going on with this woman. And uh, the deal is uh, narcissist psychopaths really want to keep you off balance. They're, they're, their fun is making sure you can't figure out what's going to happen next. And uh, they can be sweet and charming and loving and sexy, and then they'll just cut you to watch you bleed. And... Uh, so what happens is, and I've said this before, the highs and lows emotionally I experienced with this woman were the highest and lowest I've ever experienced with any human, male or female, ever. So you crave the highs and you try to endure the lows. And, uh, and so what makes it more addictive is the randomness of the kindness. And so you just, you know, you're like a dog waiting for a pet. You know, you just, you, you just stand there and hope it happens. Intermittent <laughs> reinforcement. You're so grateful, you know. And uh, so at any rate, uh, 
Boy, once they get their hooks into you, and here's the other part. You know, I'm a smart guy. I've been successful in business in other ways. And people say to me, how could this happen to you? And I said, well, did you ever see the movie The Big Chill? There's a scene in that movie between the Kevin Klein character and the Jeff Goldberg character. And they're talking about what is the most important contributor to the human condition. And the Kevin Klein character says, that's easy, sex. And the Jeff Goldblum character says, nope, it's something else. And the Kevin Klein character is really skeptical. And he says, no, it's sex. And the Jeff Goldblum character said, no, it's rationalization. And the Kevin Klein character says, are you kidding? The Jeff Goldblum character says, have you ever gone a week without a rationalization? And so... I was rationalizing bad behavior by somebody that I was in love with. And um, you can rationalize away a lot of bad behavior. And uh, it took this counselor to kind of pour a bucket of cold water over me and say, what are you doing? You know, what in the world? Why are you allowing somebody to destroy you? And, uh, you know, you take a step back and you go, Holy cow, you're right. And, uh, but you know, I mean, look, when she moved her lover into the house and locked me out, changed the locks, uh, changed the uh, code on the garage door, um, you know, I grew up a hard scrabble life in Montana. And that kind of behavior isn't even, uh, isn't even, um, Unusual, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, and so, you know, look, I have very dear friends who had affairs for years. Sure. Got back together with their spouse. And this guy was a Mexican national. He's a handyman. And I'm sure there were certain things about him that she liked and wanted, but he couldn't support the lifestyle that she'd want. And I figured eventually she's going to come back and we'll... You know, when you get to the other side of the, the ravine, you look back and go, what ravine? You know, holy cow, that was, you know, we're on the other side now. Let's live it up. Swimsuit, check. Sunscreen, check. Phone charger, check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sure. Well, uh, have you thought about writing a second novel? I'm in the, in the midst of writing another novel. It's not a continuation of this story. I may wait a little bit uh, to, uh, to write a second novel about, about this set of circumstances, but I am in the midst of writing a second novel. That's great. Well, what writing advice would you offer for those who are thinking about writing their own stories or novels? Well, I would say write what you know. I mean, write what your experience is, uh, whether it's good or bad. Um, this current novel that I'm writing is tentatively uh, titled The Book I Didn't Write. Um, and it's about a book that my the love of my life wrote. And uh, aside from putting my keys on the or my fingers on the keyboard, I really did a lot of the writing of that book with her, and uh, but I didn't write it; she wrote it, and uh, but it's uh, it's fun. Uh, you have to enjoy writing. You have to be. Uh, I, the advice I'd give is to devote uh, a certain amount of time a day to either making notes or writing uh, pages. Um, I would say uh, take a few days off when you get sick of it um, and uh, talk to people about uh, hard, difficult passages and how you'd like to uh, portray those. Uh, and um, I think getting input from friends is terrific. And then in the end, have somebody edit it who is not a friend or relative. Pay somebody to edit your work. Um, it's really good to have somebody who's dispassionate about your work um, help to kind of trim it up and tighten it up um, because you're, you'll get really defensive with friends <laughs> when they talk <laughs> your editorial comments and, uh, and then they'll be sensitive about telling you the truth. Whereas sure. a third party who doesn't really know you and whom you're paying for their professional services, uh, you know, they'll they'll give you their best professional advice. And frankly, that's terrific uh, because it's hard to be objective about your your brainchild, you know. And uh, I think uh, I have had friends who've written books uh, and have asked me to read them before they've been edited. And I... And they say, so what do you think? And I say, well, I think you need an editor. And they get a little offended. And I say, look, you know, it's it's wonderful. These are your words, but um, it's it's not a book. You know, it, it it's not a compelling story, as compelling as it could be. 
And that's what editing is helpful for. And uh, so I just, uh, I think that's uh, about the best advice I could give somebody. But start out. I mean, uh, you know, the Chinese were right. The, the journey of a thousand miles start with, starts with the first step, right? So sit down at your uh, computer, open up uh, your word processing software and and start writing. Put, put a few That's words. Right. Well, what novels or nonfiction books have you read recently that you enjoyed? Oh, gosh. I'm a uh, Joe Nesbo fan. Uh, and uh, nonfiction, I like history. I've read histories of uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Um, I uh, <clears throat> read the uh, biography of uh, Margaret Thatcher. Um, it's funny, I was uh, a partner with McKinsey and Company, a consulting firm, and uh, the way uh, you say somebody isn't very smart is you say they don't write very well. And the corollary of that is they don't read. <laughs> I was in a group of partners at a partner's meeting and a, and a guy who'd just been made a partner who was a real, uh, he was full of himself. He uh, looked at me and said, so Bill, he was British. He said, what do you read? And I knew that was code. And so I told him what I was reading. And he said, oh, thick, Sean, as if it was dirty. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, since then, I have very purposely alternated fiction and nonfiction reading. Uh, and uh, But at any rate, I, uh, I thought, you little SOB, you know, you're <laughs> yeah, And uh, I'm now going to reel off the past five nonfiction books I've just read, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> well, where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your debut novel, The Girl with the Green Lipstick? So you can go to Bill Saubert, that's spelled B-I-L-L-S-A-U-B-E-R-T dot com. I'm also on Instagram and I do have a Facebook account, although I don't update that very frequently, but BillSaubert.com has background about me. I don't know if you know, Jeff, but I also produce and moderate a political opinion show on the local NPR affiliate. I'm also involved with um, two local not-for-profits, uh, and um, I'm a businessman. I own and operate five retail sorry, six retail stores. And then I have a wholesale business that makes uh, custom corrugated boxes for shipping. And uh, so that's broad stroke who I am. That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Bill Saubert, author of the new novel, The Girl with the Green Lipstick. The novel is on sale now, so go buy a copy. And Bill, thanks for doing this interview. Jeff, it's been a real pleasure chatting with you, and I and uh, hope your listeners uh, have enjoyed it. I've certainly enjoyed chatting with you. Absolutely. Thanks a lot.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.